we grieve deeply because we loved deeply. And we're grateful to the program for the last two and a half years of his life. So that maybe adds a layer to our gratitude for Guiding Light. And, you know, when, when we brought Dan here on that December 28, 2017, we became donors. And then, I've, as we've been talking about, uh, volunteer. When I say, all these guys are my son, now that my son is gone, that, that just means so much more to me. This is Casting Light, stories of recovery and hope from inside Guiding Light here in downtown Grand Rapids. I'm Phil Tower. Thank you so much for listening. This episode and our past episodes have been sponsored by Treadstone Funding. We want to say thank you, Treadstone Funding. Give them a shout out and remind you that underwriting support is really critical for the programs here at Guiding Light the Men in Recovery, and, of course, this podcast. We thank you for making these things possible. We thank you for listening. Make sure to tell a friend about us. Everyday Guiding Light provides safe and secure living arrangements for men who are looking to find a new path, self-sufficiency, and dignity. And we want to thank you, our donors, for showing the men here at Guiding Light that you care. I'm really excited to welcome in this episode... Scott, who is a recovery group leader here at Guiding Light, but he has a much deeper story than that for a radio and podcast audience. For a podcast audience, Scott has some awesome hair, which we could do a whole podcast episode on. Uh, and that's all yours, I can tell, right? It is. <laughs> Welcome to the episode. I appreciate Thank this. You. You are a recovery group leader. I want to ask you about that, but you have a reason that you became involved with Guiding Light, and it happens to be because of your son yeah. who went through the program here, yeah. which couldn't have been easy for a family, for a dad. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I remember it so well. December 28, 2017, I dropped him off here. And I watched him walk away with his backpack and his pillow. And he was super scared. And I was super scared because I wasn't that familiar with the program at the time. So that was a, a very memorable day. Can you back us up before that? Your son was an alcoholic? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just kind of a, it grew over the years. And we weren't, as family members, um, aware of how bad it got. <clears throat> but it it did get quite bad, and he has a um, son named Enoch that he didn't want to make a decision to go away somewhere because of his son Enoch. And so when my daughter was asking him about, really encouraging him to, about coming to Guiding Light, he said, what about Enoch if I go? And she said, what about Enoch if you don't go? <laughs> And that was the uh, yeah. that was the decision that he made to come here, and it was life changing for him, and it was life changing for our family. He so grew. he made the decision. Yes, yeah, he came here on his own, and um, yeah, it was, it was great. He lived on campus here for seven months, and uh, he wasn't perfect. He uh, <clears throat> he did relapse after a year. And then he would go times of sobriety and um, times of relapse. And so, but overall, the program was really, really good.
good for him and our family. Again, the, he he wasn't perfect, <clears throat> but it was a it was so much. What what a big difference, uh, guiding light, the program made in his life. What caused you to become involved here? I knew Brian Elvey, the director of the recovery part. I knew him from years ago. And so he and I kind of reacquainted when Dan came here. Mm -hmm. And uh, Brian got to know our family a little bit, or get reacquainted. And he knew I was um, a spiritual guy, I guess, and asked me to teach a class on Wednesdays. So I, I agreed to. And this was this is uh, really after Dan was here, after the seven months he was here. Um, so it was it was kind of scary for me to come into a new community, uh, but it was very challenging. And of course, I loved all the guys, and because they were all you know ex- an extension of my own son. Um, and mm. so, what they dealt with was what our family dealt with. Uh, so it was I I loved the guys in the program. And still do, and it's it's hard for me sometimes when they complete the foundations um, part of this to move on because then I don't I don't get them anymore. Mm. So I miss a lot of these guys, um, and I've seen a lot of a lot come and go in the last two and a half years or three years. Um, it's a special kind of brotherhood, wouldn't you it say? It really is. That's that's uh, saying it lightly, but uh, there is a bond here, a camaraderie. I think that. Uh, the recovery community shares. That's absolutely beautiful. So, Scott, what do you do as a recovery group leader? W- walk us through that role. Yeah, I'm a guy that saves quotes when I when I read <laughs> things, and I see them in books and articles and you know memes on social media. That ju- if it means something to me, it probably means something to somebody else too. So I just I just kept them in my notes in my phone for years. So what I've done then is I, I've created nine lessons. Of uh, each lesson has four quotes and a closing blessing, and so we just literally uh, read a quote with the with the guys. With uh, I have two different groups: Group A and Group B. Today I had twelve guys, and it was it was a lot because we all talk. So we read a quote and. Uh, everybody goes around and tells what what was meaningful or what they question, what they liked, what they didn't like. Um, so I get some pushback on some of them, which is always fun. Mm. Um, but it gets everybody talking, and then uh, I see the camaraderie with the guys. If somebody says something they're struggling with, the other guys will voice their support, and especially the guys that have been here for three and four months, for the guys that have been here two and three weeks. Uh, so I, I really like the camaraderie with the with the men. I love the fact you built your own curriculum. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Four quotes and a blessing. By the way, what was the quote today? Do you remember? Oh, they, they're pretty lengthy. For instance, next week will be, this is one I remember, things to give yourself, uh, time, a break, a room to make mistakes. Mm. And then the last one I love is, Grace, give yourself some grace. And so, you know, the guys will pick different things, and uh, it's just an important quote, I think. 
So they go around and they, they just talk what that, that means or they yeah. dissect it? Yeah, yeah. What, what it means to them. So some of them are quite deep. Um, <laughs> That's spir- okay. Spiritually. Yeah. Um, and some of the guys don't always get it. But after a few guys talk, then they start to get it. And I like to, of my years of reading theology, guys will say things and then I'll interject a little something. But I don't always know. I don't always, that's not always prepared. So it's kind of fun for me because after, after a few years, you, you get to know stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. And I would bet, Scott, that some of these guys probably come back to you and say, this quote is going to be with me for life. Yeah, I always hope that. I haven't heard that yet. <clears throat> I did. Uh, somebody said something a couple months ago. Uh, sat there and looked at the quote and kind of shook his head and he says, I've never thought of any of this stuff before. And I like that. I like to go to places in their mind or spirit that they've they've never visited. So I feel like that draws things out of them or invites God into them. I'm not sure which one. You ever go into Proverbs? Uh, no. But I love Proverbs. There's yeah, there's some good ones. In well, there. Are, what's what's difficult about Proverbs is they they don't they're all standalones. Yeah. So there's not a lot of at best there's you know a few verses that go together, but it's hard to put a, a whole thing together on standalones. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it's true. And then there's some that are like you know. A basket left empty is a sad thing, and I just you know yeah. I, I just yeah. some of them are really kind of yeah um, esoteric yeah. and just a little unusual well, but, and very thought provoking yeah and very thought provoking yeah. this program Guiding Light, which is so many amazing things, the recovery program here it takes on a different look when you are a part of it when you are inside the walls of Guiding Light. For the person who maybe is a donor who sends a check every month or every quarter and is not given the amazing front row seat you have, mm. how would you explain this process to them, this thing, what, what happens to me? Yeah. I know that's more than probably just a sentence or two, but yeah. I mean, if, if you ran into a person and said, what is it like in there? Yeah, I get, I get that question from time to time. The uh, the key from from my perspective, the key is sobriety in the recovery community. It's not about you know uh, teaching them Bible verses or singing hymns or some of the things you know that churches do. A guiding light is not a church community. It's a it's a recovery community. So that's really the focus, and <clears throat> um, I think uh, a lot of lo- alumni come into the doors yet and hang out like on Tuesday nights for the AA meeting. And so it's always good for the current clients to hang around with alumni. And so the, uh, the sober celebration of, of nailing the names on the wall of a year or more of sobriety is so great for the current community, c- current clients to oh, see. Yeah, and yeah. The, the hope that was dripping out of that, um, Celebration is just beautiful. So it's really about hope and sobriety and recovery and not so much the, uh, the Sunday school stuff. 
We're talking with Scott, who is recovery group leader and also involved in spiritual direction here at Guiding Lights, part of this Casting Light podcast episode. And spiritual direction is really a big part of the success of this recovery program. But you know what, Scott? Every man who's talked about going through recovery here has said, you know, they don't preach to me. They don't come running after me saying, accept Jesus or you're going to go to hell or you have to do this or that. It's just acknowledge you need a spiritual higher power yeah, and be wise enough to realize that. Right. Is that a good way of characterizing it? Yeah, yeah. I need, I need something not within myself anymore because I tried that. I need something outside of myself. Yeah, so I my goal is to not make the directees um, believe just like me. I, I want I like them. That. Yeah, I want them to. Um, I want them to hear that God is a creator and that they are not just the object of creation, but the subject of creation. And I want them to hear that that creator is crazy about them and delights in them. Those those I think are important. But I'm not, I don't want them to believe just like me. What do you do when you encounter that stubborn or doubting mm. yeah, directee? I don't, know, I don't know if I've had that uh, not, not so much, overtly. Huh? Yeah. Um, but I, I have lots of space for that. Yeah. And I got to believe that God has a lot of space for us. <laughs> yeah. um, so <clears throat> that's one of the things I think we can offer one another is a lot of space to learn and to be. As a recovery group leader and, and your role in spiritual direction here, I, I got to believe there are a lot of rewarding things, but if you could maybe talk about one or two that just make you leave here, almost feel like you're walking on air. Yeah. And some of those things. I just... Yeah, I wish I, I, wish, I wish some would come to my mind. Um, but it is... Um, actually, I was, I was talking to one of my directees today about that... Um, so what Scott has to be careful of is to not have this be about Scott. Isn't it great that Scott volunteers, you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, when one of, the, one of the students in our class or one of the directees says things like, that's a new thought for me, or comes back, I, I like to give little assignments. For, for instance, I just gave an assignment to my guy <clears throat> last week. He had never taken communion before or the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And so the, they go to Cornerstone Church, which is two and a half blocks away from the campus. They walk there, and I knew they were having communion. So I challenged this young man to take communion and kind of told him that it's for everyone because Christ's sacrifice was for everyone. Mm -hmm. There's no fence around it. You don't have to be worthy. Christ served communion to Judas, which is always telling to me. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> good point. Um, this young man told me now this week <clears throat> that he put that wafer on his tongue and let it dissolve a little bit, and then he drank the juice and he he got it that um, this uh, Eucharist is for you, for my yeah. love for you, and when you take this, remember me, kind of a thing. So he he got it. That's pretty rewarding. Yeah, and not only that, you said something that, you know, I think a lot of uh, people have this, at least understanding that to be able to receive communion in the Eucharist, yeah. 
they have to meet a certain criteria. Yeah. Or I, I'm an alcoholic, or I'm a sinner. Yeah. I've, I've just done so many bad yeah. things. There's no way yeah. if I go up there and try to take communion, yeah. I, a lightning bolt's going to hit me. But yeah. there, that, that is what the essence of the Christian faith is all about. It's about that love and grace and open table. Yeah, open table and always room for more. And the, the Cornerstone is a great church because I've been to that yeah. church, Heritage Hill Campus, a mm-hmm. beautiful building. Mm-hmm. They have a, about as open as a policy as you can. And yeah. Very yeah. warm and welcoming. And I love hearing that. Yeah. Scott, I'm struck as I am so many times that we never know who this podcast is reaching. Hmm. We know there are people who maybe are suffering hmm. and feel lost. Hmm need somebody like you to drop them off in the front door or at least somebody to Mm -hmm. talk to them, somebody to be a mentor, Mm -hmm. somebody at least say, you don't have control of this like you think you do. You've lived this in in a very real personal way in your own family. If there's a parent out there going through what you guys went Mm -hmm. through, what words of wisdom would you share with them right now? Yeah, I, I would echo my <clears throat> my son's words. What about my family if I don't come? So as um, the old quote about change is hard, but it's uh, so is staying the same is applicable. It is hard, but sometimes, at most times, maybe every time, it's worth doing the hard thing. And the, the end of the story might always... Uh, might not always be glamorous. Um, mm. You probably don't know this, Phil, but our, our son that came here passed away about a year and a half ago with an alcohol-related um, injury. He had a brain bleed, and because of his um, compromised organs, it was it was extensive, and he was on a ventilator for four and a half days, and then um, we let him go, and it was extremely difficult. But we were all thankful for the last two and a half years that we had with him that were so good. Because the years before that in practicing addiction um, was really, really hard. So we're, we're, we're blessed in maybe a different level than <clears throat> what you're asking me about. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a depth there of grief that is equal to love. So we grieve deeply because we loved deeply, and we're grateful to the program for the last two and a half years of his life. So that maybe adds a layer to our gratitude for um, guiding light. And you know, when when we brought Dan here on that December 28, 2017, we became donors, and then as we've been talking about, uh, volunteer, and it's been so. This is when I when I say all these guys are my son. Now that my son is gone, that that just means so much more to me. First of all, I'm sorry. Hmm. I've got two sons. And I can understand that. But you had just amazing perspective as you told this story. Two and a half years of a gift. Yeah. That we wouldn't have had. And so if you're going to lose a son... I don't even like saying this, but that, that's not a bad way to lose a son. No, I understand. I understand, and it adds to your ability to connect with these men. As sad as it is, it's also 
like you said, these are now my sons, yeah. paying it forward as a recovery leader with my spiritual direction. I love your quotes. I want to take your quotes <laughs> class myself. <laughs> Can I sign up and just sit in there? <laughs> sure. I'll probably <clears throat> stare at it on the board going, hmm, Scott, <clears throat> you got me on that one. Help explain. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you one of my copies. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I would really enjoy this. Thank you. <clears throat> man, oh, man, Scott, thank you for yeah. sharing this story. We've done 30-plus episodes, and every now and then I just have one that goes... Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate what you do, too. It's, uh, it's a real honor and a pleasure, and I mm-hmm. thank you for this. Scott is a recovery group leader, also involved with spiritual direction here at Getting Light, and man, are the, uh, are the men who work with him blessed. Thank you for your time. Yeah, bless you. We hope with that story... If you're not a donor yet, that will inspire you, just nudge you to think about this, this wonderful gift that happens here inside Guiding Light where men are allowed to live securely and safely as they seek a new path to self-sufficiency and dignity. Thank you to those of you who are already regular supporters of Guiding Light. This is not a hard sales pitch. We hope these stories move you forward to say, I need to be playing a part of this. And you can right now. GuidingLightWorks.org. If you'd like to make a gift today, maybe even save a man's life. GuidingLightWorks.org. Most importantly, we hope you enjoy this podcast series. We have some 30 other episodes for you to check out. Be sure to share, review this episode or any other episodes with your help. We'll grow our podcast audience and share more stories of recovery and hope. I sure hope we can. It's a true honor and a pleasure to bring you everyone for Guiding Light and Casting Light. I'm Phil Tower. Thank you for listening.